Viewpoint on Mormonism, the program that examines the teachings of the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints from a biblical perspective. Viewpoint on Mormonism is sponsored by Mormonism Research Ministry. Since 1979, Mormonism Research Ministry has been dedicated to equipping the body of Christ with answers regarding the Christian faith in a manner that expresses gentleness and respect. And now, your host for today's Viewpoint on Mormonism. So glad you could be with us for this edition of Viewpoint on Mormonism. I'm your host, Bill McKeever, founder and director of Mormonism Research Ministry, and with me today is Eric Johnson, my colleague at MRM. We're looking at an article today titled, The Lasting Joy of Gospel Living. The subtitle is, Enduring Joy Comes by Enduring in the Gospel of Jesus Christ and Helping Others Do the Same. It was a piece written by D. Todd Christofferson, who, as a member of the Quorum of the Twelve Apostles, is going to talk about our purpose in our lives. And he's going to say some things that I think are worthy of note and also worthy of delving a little bit deeper into why Mormons believe some of the things they believe regarding Adam and Eve. One of those things is the idea that Adam and Eve could not procreate until after the fall. But before we get ahead of ourselves, Eric, let's just start off and read that first paragraph as D. Todd Christofferson states it in this article. And I might mention that this is found in the February 2024 edition of the Leahona Magazine, and it begins on page 4. A succinct expression of the purpose of our lives can be found in Lehi's prophetic teachings about the beginning of human life on earth. In the Garden of Eden, Adam and Eve lived in a state of innocence. Had they remained in that condition, they would have, quote, had no joy, for they knew no misery, doing no good, for they knew no sin, end quote. And that's from 2 Nephi chapter 2, verse 23. Thus, as Lehi explained, quote, Adam fell that men might be, and men are, that they might have joy, end quote. And that's from 2 Nephi chapter 2, verse 25, and also Moses in the Pearl of Great Price, chapter 5, verses 10 through 11. Now we should explain that Lehi is a character in the Book of Mormon at the very beginning of the Book of Mormon, naturally, since we're only in 2 Nephi. He comes up with this statement that, according to D. Todd Christofferson, is a succinct expression of the purpose of our lives. But let's look carefully at what it actually says. When we see 2 Nephi 2.23, he only cites a portion of it. He doesn't even quote the whole portion. Let's quote verse 23 as it reads in the Book of Mormon. It says, And they would have had no children, wherefore they would have remained in a state of innocence, having no joy, for they knew no misery, doing no good, for they knew no sin. Now, Let's examine what that statement says. And I've got to admit, Eric, when we're going over this verse, I'm a little bit confused as to what is it really saying here? It sounds more like a word salad than anything else. But we have to understand, first of all, and they would have had no children. Now, for that to make sense, you have to go to verse 22. So before we exegete these passages, let's go to verse 22. What does that say? And now, behold, if Adam had not transgressed, he would not have fallen, but he would have remained in the Garden of Eden. And all things which were created must have remained in the same state in which they were after they were created, and they must have remained forever and had no end. And then we get into verse 23, and they would have had no children. First of all, let's look at 22. The way 
the Garden of Eden is described here, if you look at it from an LDS angle, it seems to me that they're making what God did for Adam and Eve in the garden a kind of a bad thing. But yet the Bible states that when God creates the garden and then creates mankind to live in the garden and provides for the couple in anything that they would possibly need, it says that when God does this, it was very good. But notice what the Book of Mormon is doing with that story. And now behold, if Adam had not transgressed, he would not have fallen but he would have remained in the Garden of Eden. Now, is that a bad thing? See, that's why I'm asking this question. If Adam had not transgressed, as they say here, we would say sin. Now, the Latter-day Saints like to make a distinction between what is sin and what is transgression. The New Testament says transgression is sin, but yet in Mormonism, they can't do that. And so he says that if Adam had not transgressed, he would not have fallen, but he would have remained in the Garden of Eden. Now, the Bible says that's a good thing. And all things which were created must have remained in the same state in which they were after they were created. Eric, is that a bad thing? That's a good thing. But yet it's trying to make it sound as if that's not ideal. That's not good. And then it goes on to say, and they must have remained forever and had no end. Is that a bad thing? No, that seems to be a good thing. What happens, though, is Adam falls, and all that disappears. Then he has to work by the sweat of his brow, and life becomes very difficult. But then in verse 23, and they would have had no children, wherefore they would have remained in a state of innocence, having no joy. Are we to assume from this that when God places Adam and Eve in the Garden of Eden, that they had no joy in the beginning before the fall. Because this is what it seems to be implying. They would have had no joy, for they knew no misery. Now, is not knowing misery a bad thing? Boy, I tell you, sometimes I wish I didn't know misery. I would think that would be a positive thing. But for here it's saying, and they knew no misery— and then it says, doing no good, for they knew no sin. Now, let's go back. We know that when Adam and Eve sin, they now know the difference between good and evil. So I guess a Latter-day Saint could defend this by, by arguing that the doing no good means that Adam wouldn't know that that was good. But God gives Adam a job in the Garden of Eden. And that is, he is there to name the animals. Now, maybe Adam doesn't realize that what he's doing is a good thing as opposed to a bad thing because he hasn't fallen yet and he doesn't know the difference between good and evil. But from God's perspective, wouldn't that be a good thing? So even though Adam may not know it like that, God does. So for the Book of Mormon to say that Adam would not be able to do any good before the fall, I don't think is really telling the whole story here. Because I would say that what Adam was called to do and his accomplishment of what he was called to do would be to something that in God's eyes would be something that is good. But then it goes on in verse 25, 
and that's what's cited by Christofferson, Adam fell that men might be, and men are that they might have joy. So the question then becomes, well, why is it that they couldn't have children prior to the fall? And I think that's a fair question to ask. We find nowhere in the Bible that that was supposed to happen before they were to have children. God commands Adam and Eve to have children right off the bat. Yeah, Genesis chapter 1, starting at verse 27, says, So God created mankind in his own image. In the image of God, he created them. Male and female, he created them. God blessed them and said to them, Be fruitful and increase in number. Fill the earth and subdue it. Rule over the fish in the sea and the birds in the sky and over every living creature that moves on the ground. Verse 29 continues, Then God said, I give you every seed-bearing plant on the face of the whole earth and every tree that has fruit with seed in it. They will be yours for food. And to all the beasts of the earth and all the birds in the sky and all the creatures that move along the ground, everything that has the breath of life in it, I give every green plant for food. And it was so. Verse 31 God saw all that he had made, and it was very good. So what we have here is really a contradiction in verse 22 as compared to the verses that you just read, because everything that we see God did for Adam and Eve up until that time was definitely very, very good. And they're trying to make it sound like, no, it's not good. It's certainly not ideal. So the question then becomes, well, why would it be that Adam and Eve could not have kids? Where does this come from? There's nothing in the Bible to support that idea that they could not procreate prior to the fall. But that is a big deal in Mormonism, and it comes from verse 25. Adam fell that men might be, and men are that they might have joy. That's where they get this. Well, how does it work? Well, I think we have the answer, and it's in a book called The Book of Mormon, Student Manual, Religion 121 to 122, and it's page 54. Let me read you a statement from the 17th president of the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints, Russell M. Nelson. Now, he was an apostle when he said this. He had not yet become the 17th president. He said, the creation culminated with Adam and Eve in the Garden of Eden. They were created in the image of God with bodies of flesh and bones. First of all, Mr. Nelson, that's an incorrect eisegesis of Genesis 1.26 because we know it's a conversation, and in the conversation, according to Joseph Smith, it was the Father and the Son. Jesus did not have a body at the time that conversation took place, so if you have two people in the conversation and one of them does not have a body of flesh and bones, how do you assume that that's what that means, that God has a body of flesh and bones? He goes on to say, created in the image of God and not yet mortal. Now, he could be interpreting mortal as merely his life expectancy is going to be forever at this time, okay, rather than just him having a mortal body that he's not a god. They could not grow old and die, and they would have had no children, 2 Nephi 2.23, nor experience the trials of life. The creation of Adam and Eve was a paradisical creation one that required a significant change before they could fulfill the commandment to have children and thus provide earthly bodies for pre-mortal spirits, sons and daughters of God. Then this book goes on to cite this, which is from the same conference message, October of 1996. It's also found in the Ensign Magazine, November of 1996, page 33. Nelson says this, The fall of Adam and Eve 
constituted the mortal creation and brought about the required changes in their bodies, including the circulation of blood and other modifications as well. Russell M. Nelson's a doctor. He knows how this all works. And you can't have the procreative act without a flowing of blood, especially in the male. It just doesn't work without it. So is this the reason why they couldn't have children? Because at this point, according to Russell M. Nelson, they don't have blood circulating in their veins. At least Adam doesn't seem to have blood circulating in his veins. That would prevent him from going through with the procreative act with Eve. So that would seem to explain it, at least from a scientific or from a doctor's perspective, of, which, of course, is what Russell M. Nelson was before he became the 17th president. But, Bill, go back to chapter 1, verse 28 of Genesis, and he said, be fruitful and increase in number. He didn't seem to make it say, after you've sinned, then be fruitful and increase in number. So what Mr. Nelson has come up with just seems to be something unique to Mormonism, certainly is not taught in the Bible. You're right. This is another case of LDS eisegesis. Jesus. We're going to read something into it that's really not there. According to the Bible, it seems that Adam and Eve could have had children as soon as they were created. There's nothing in the Bible that says that they could not have children until after the fall. Thank you for listening. If you would like more information regarding Mormonism Research Ministry, we encourage you to visit our website at www.mrm.org, where you can request our free newsletter, Mormonism Researched. We hope you will join us again as we look at another viewpoint on Mormonism.